Like I'm not a, a big on confrontation, but that is something I've had to learn to be comfortable to have these difficult conversations. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle. We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport, highlight the women's football industry, and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hi and welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, The Bold Tackle. And hi, Soph. Lovely to see you again. Hi, Ollie. Rough morning this morning, but good to see you again. To take this away, you're in the middle of pre-season. Uh, we'll publish it a couple of days later. What happened yesterday then? Oh, yesterday was a tough one. We had a friendly and we really underperformed. Um, so I'm not going to lie, it was tough to get up this morning. For the listeners, we record this at 7am UK time because uh, it just works best for Ollie before work and it was a struggle to get up this morning. So what happened then? Did you play really badly? Was Bristol too strong for you? I don't think Bristol was too strong. Uh, I just think we really underperformed. Um, neither in possession nor out of possession. We managed to even get a fraction of things right that we wanted to and it just was one of them days really. Um, afterwards obviously we were all frustrated but we kind of said Maybe it's a good thing that it happened to realise how much work we have to put in uh, to make sure we perform on, on the pitch. Better for it to happen now than uh, just after pre-season when you start the season. I remember uh, Liverpool's pre-season this, uh, this year and they, they had a bit of a struggle from the outside. I don't know if that was what they were trying to accomplish, but they scored quite a lot of goals, but they conceded quite a lot of goals and they've gone into the season pretty well. Oh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that will work yeah. for us as well then. <laughs> If it works for Liverpool, it has to work for the Liverpool men's team. It has to work for us. There's been something else quite big in the news over the last couple of days, even weeks. Again, by the time we publish, but um, we spoke about it in one of our episodes. What happened just after the final of the World Cup? Can you just uh, highlight what happened over the last couple of days? Yeah, I'll try not to get as heated this time because um, I got a lot of comments about how funny they thought. Uh, um, it was but that I got so heated. That's what was supposed anyways, to be in this um, podcast, I think. So everything seems to be like washed down a little bit in in other discussions, and we try to get emotional because it is an emotional topic as well. Yeah, I think we don't even try. We just get emotional because we're quite passionate about, um, I guess, doing the right thing in that sense. But anyways, or calling out the wrong things. Um, but yeah, um, finally the president got suspended. I don't know if you saw his speech. Um, it was absolute shambles. Basically, he was saying that he doesn't hadn't done anything wrong. He was a victim, um, that it was a false feminism, um, stuff like that. It was really, really poor. And then towards the end, he just stood there and shouted a couple of times that he will not resign. And then the whole, whole room applauded him, including, I'm going to put it out there, including the women's and men's coach, which obviously caused a lot of uproar. Um, and then fast forward in a couple of weeks, now the women's head coach, the women's manager got sacked on Tuesday, um, which is, I think, a delight. He's now come on out and said it's unjustified and unfair. Um, he would take any criticism on a performance kind of sport football level, but not on a personal level. He um, 
has no bad conscience. He's kind of in the right. Um, but I think just the, the speech of the president and the character of the speech just showed what's really going on. Don't you think it's difficult to sack the coach after he wins the World Cup? Yes, I think it's very difficult. And I think that's why it didn't happen for a couple of weeks, even though people were pretty aware now what was going on. But maybe. it didn't have anything to do with him, did it? Because the, the kiss happened by the president. Yes, the, the president acted that way on the day of the final. But the shout of all the plus, all the players that, that they call them the 15, that decided not to go to camp, um, that involved the culture, the environment at camp. And that is down to the manager. And it was also a, we want to be pushman, we want a better manager. Um, obviously now the big argument is he won the World Cup, but I'm pretty sure the players won the World Cup for him. And that's me taking a clear side here. Um, it's very nice to think, see, I think, how many football players, but also other other people came out and supported Jenny Hermoso and the Spanish players. Yeah, I saw that even from the even from the men's side, there was players who said they wouldn't be playing for the Spanish national yeah. team anymore if it stays as it yeah, is. Yeah, they came out and, and said that. And also, I think it was Sevilla that um, on their warm-up tops had like a little quote, Contigo Jenny, which means we're with you, Jenny, or with you, Jenny, which I think speaks volume because often when in the women's game, when we fight for something, it doesn't get the visibility it needs because the men don't really help us. And not saying they have to, it's not their job. They have the audience though. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm not criticising them at all if in the past they haven't because also it's something we are fighting for. But obviously that helps massively if a player comes out and says, do you know what, I've seen what's going on. And probably he's he's seen it for himself as well as a president. It's not only the president for the women's side, it's the president of the federation um, that includes the men's and the women's team. And for him to come out and say, I'm not going to step on that pitch and wear a jersey for the Spanish national team. And you have to think about it. That is probably his biggest honour um, mm. in terms of his football career. And he's coming and saying, I'm not going to do that until he leaves. What I think is very difficult from the president's side is he can stand for something. Um, but to go out and say, oh, this is... Um, feministic and uh, it's an attack by feminism on me but well I don't understand it it was clearly that he did something wrong he said sorry I took a step too far I mean if he'd done that he would have been chucked straight away but um, this is standing up for your actions again which he didn't do which I find really really difficult um, and then on the on the coach's side uh, just we spoke a little bit before we started recording. You said of actions he was doing in the camp, which obviously is now publicly known, where there were some difficult actions. Um, and, I mean, this can be tactic of someone. I remember the German coach, Felix Magat, and this is not on the level that happened in the Spanish teams, but he had some very, some very controversial ways of getting people fit and dealing with them and I think there it was more he saw the athlete not the person behind the athlete but this was on the level which is very 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 difficult especially in a time where we're talking about equality and there the um, power was used to control the team in a way that wouldn't have happened on the men's side I think. Yeah um, I just read an article again yesterday and my friends are probably going to laugh at this because um they keep laughing at how I'm, how much I'm into this. And every day I come with a new article. But basically what Ollie was talking about is the manager asked the players or disallowed the players to lock their doors until 12 at night for him to go and check if they're in the room before 
I guess he goes to bed and that is just off. That is weird. What's wrong with going to the door and knocking and see if they open the door? Yeah, or just simply trusting them. If I want to go to bed at 10, I'm locking my door and you better not knock because I then have to get up. And then you talk about rest and recovery, but that's a different topic. But Very true. also imagine you can't knock your door. You want to go to bed at 10. He doesn't come until 12 because the door's unlocked until 12. You you are not sleeping because I'm anxious. Someone could call, anyone could walk in, even if they have a hotel just for them. Like the coach could just walk in and you're like in the middle of your sleep, you're sleeping. Like I sleep talk personally, imagine. Not, yeah, not only that, it's, 11 players it's not 11 players and a coach there's a full staff behind it and yeah you want to have control of yourself and your room yourself yeah you should be able to lock it the staff in it interesting one as well and um, we just spoke about it didn't we but just after i think it's i think it came after the president um got suspended all his staff resigned so everyone but the manager resigned so that is setting a not an example but that is telling you something Something it is seems off. like they are standing behind a team yeah. and not behind a coach. And, and if it's the coach's staff, yeah. if they're really on his side, they should be standing behind him. If they don't do it, then I think it's an easy move as well for the Federation. Yeah, and it, and also, if your entire staff resigns, um, they are there every single camp, any, every single tournament, and they see what's going on. So for me, that, that poses big, big questions. Yeah, really difficult and uh, and a shame because we should still be talking about the level of football that was played, the level of football that the, the Spanish team played, uh, how they won the World Cup and all we talk about is the outside manics, uh, which is upsetting. But it looks like it's, it's looked like they found a solution. Yeah, short term, because it has to be restructured. I think the big first step was... Obviously, Rubiales got suspended, so we'll see what happens after those 90 days. But then Vilda just got sacked, so that's the first big step. Do you think that have an, that will have an influence on the whole women's football game? Yeah. Cause In which way? You can't, you can't just get away with it anymore. Through that, as an example... Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And you also, just it just shouldn't happen. Of course, we're not <laughs> living in an ideal world. And it will happen in certain places. Do you know what? After this came out, many other countries that competed at the World Cup have now come on, come out and, and spoke about harassment, discrimination and abuse in other teams. So this might be the start of a big wave. Well, we saw that in athletics in the US uh, over the last couple of years and in different sports as well. In gymnastics as um, well. That was a big one as well in the US. Sorry, I think that's what I meant, yeah. um, gymnastics. But uh, it's a good that thing that that's coming out. As he said, it shouldn't happen in the first place. But if we can, um, I'm a big believer in nothing's perfect, but if we keep developing yeah. and we keep moving on, that's the way we should go. And we can't change everything. And this is not me saying we shouldn't change it now, but we should change it straight away. But uh, development is a good sign, um, even if the status we are in is not perfect at the moment. Yeah, I think the bottom line, it's promising. Um, even though people wanted to ignore and wanted to turn a, a blind eye, you always say, finally they can't anymore because yeah. the power of women's football and coming together has now been too big. And yeah. the success of the women's national team of Spain has spoke for itself. Yeah, now the difficult part is going to be they need to stay on that level for the next European Championship and for the World Cup to show that it was really 
the the player's achievement? See, I disagree a bit because what they've done now is the biggest thing they could have achieved for women's football. Personal success, winning the World Cup, massive. But for women's football, and I always see the bigger picture, um, we spoke about it in a, in a previous episode, but for me, making change, and they have made change massively. Mm. Yeah, very good point. So let's jump to the men's side because on the men's side, the transfer window is just closed a couple of days ago. I think your transfer window is still open. Is that right? Yes, until mid-September, as much as I'm aware. People that are in the news quite a lot during the transfer windows is the agents in football. And um, I'm a little bit sceptical about this type of job because on the one hand, they probably uh, deserve all the money they earn and it's quite a lot of money they earn when they get deals done for footballers. But on the other side, I think it's a lot of money for what they do. Um, what is your opinion on football agents on uh, in women's football? I think... To go back to your comment, it depends on the agent because I'm pretty certain there's good ones out there um, and I'm very certain there's also not so good ones out there, to say the least. Do you have an agent at the moment? I currently un- I'm currently under contract with an agent. Um, we had a very open conversation, so that's why I can put it in here. But after the contract expiration and there's no reason really to... Um, to cancel it prior to the expiration date, because um, as you know, I'm still under contract. Um, we will part ways, and I will again, and I say again because I've done it before, represent myself. So you've had an agent before this, and it didn't work out either. Um, I had an agent, yes, in my during my spell at Reading, um, but then we parted ways, and then my move to Leicester, I did myself. I represented myself and then um, I hadn't, I mean, I was in touch with my current agent for, well, over a year probably without us actually being tied to a contract and working together, but we were always in exchange and it was more a human to human thing. And then for me, it was the right thing to actually say, you know what, you've done a lot for me with not even being my agent um, officially. So I think the right move is um, for us to work together. And it's just, hit a point where I just think I can tell my story best and I can Mm. represent myself best without having the business knowledge, which, however, I think I'm very fortunate to have you in my life, I say, um, to give me that knowledge and to challenge me um, to represent myself. Do you think all agents have business knowledge? Don't you think they're good salespeople, that's all? Yeah, not even that only. But it baffles me. Anyone can take the agency course or, um, yeah, course leading to the certificate. Um, not sure what I'd call it now, but anyone can. So if I wanted to be an agent, I can take this class, this course, pass it and have a certificate. I have no business experience. I have no sales experience. I have no marketing experience. I'm very experienced in the life of football as a player, but I could be an agent now. That, for me, that baffles me. I think that's a good thing, to be perfectly honest. I think that's a good thing because it gives all people the same opportunity to become a football agent if they want to. Mm -hmm. What that doesn't mean is that the outcome is the same, that people 
who take this certificate are good agents yeah and th that's something you need to deal with and unfortunately you're the you're the player you're the one who's gonna notice a difference and see if he's good or not but that everyone can take it at the end of the day i actually find that a good opportunity for people to come football agents um on the one hand i'd love to become a football agent but not just concentrate on uh, transferring players from one side to the next but to to um, work with them as a person because I think there's so many different levels you can help football players um, is on the on the money side you know I like that part of how can they invest the money especially on the foot on the men's side where they earn a lot of money um, how do they prepare for life after football how do they how do they manage the media um, how do they market themselves because there can be a lot of money that can be earned on the pitch but also off the pitch they are a brand for themselves. They can position themselves. Um, so I'd like to do that. But at the end of the day, I think a lot goes through connections. You need to know the the uh, different football clubs. And as I don't have that, I never try to go into that direction. Um, maybe a mistake, maybe a blessing for me that I've decided to found FundView. Just you speaking about it right now shows me how much you want or you would want to help the person. And for me, I've been missing that. I've been missing someone that is not solely focused on sorting a, a, a contract with a club. That is one part of the job. That is not everything, though. And often I have found that the contract has been sorted, the negotiations have been made, um, and that's it. But what's the next step? And that's what you're speaking about now. It's a holistic approach. It's, it's off the pitch. It's even while I'm playing. It's Maybe it's not even what I want to do after football. Maybe it's building something while I'm still playing. And obviously we have yeah. conversations and that's what I'm doing currently. But that is where I get really frustrated. Your job is not done when you've sorted a deal with a, with a club. You know? Yeah. And Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think you're more looking for a consultant and aspiring partner, not someone who tells you what to do but who you can um, reflect ideas off, who can come back and say, ah, that's a good idea, or maybe try it this way, or let's, let's go in that direction. Um, and I think this is also, this discussion is leading to what is a player agent worth or what should he be earning? We'll, we'll get to that in a second as well, because I, I would like to get your opinion on this. Um, but maybe to, to stay a little bit general at the beginning, do most women players have an agent because they certainly do on the men's side it's except if you're a brand for yourself like a Kimmich at Bayern Munich or whatever who does it themselves most players do have agents oh I didn't even know that about Kimmich that's an interesting fact um but I'd say it's growing so more and more players and more players at a younger age are now getting agents um I think sometimes when I look at it, it's too early. They're getting agents too early. Um, most of the time, what I've heard in conversations is, yeah, but I don't know how to negotiate and uh, my parents don't have any experience in the football business. My advice is they don't have to. Deal with it as a human being. Represent your... And, and try to get the best out for you. Yeah. Um, I think something, obviously, we've spoke about before and... Um, I can only represent myself because I've had these endless conversations about knowing your worth, you know, and and putting yourself first, you know. You know that I'm someone that, that cares for others and, like, I'm not a, a big on confrontation. 
But that is something I've had to learn to be comfortable to have these difficult conversations because I used to take these personal, but they're, they're not personal. It's business. I don't agree that there isn't too early um, for uh, for having help and having consultant by your side. If you are aiming to become a professional, it puts on extra pressure, which we need to be honest about. But it can be a good thing as well if you don't only focus on the football and contract side. But if you go into the whole thing and say, okay, where do you want to go in life? Um, how do we go? How do we approach this? How how is it to stay away for you from your family? But all that's done is okay. Where can we get the most money for you? <laughs> yeah, and that is not the approach I would I would take. But at the, at the end of the day, I don't think it can be too early because there's so many aspects that also parents and players forget because now that there is starting to be money in women's yeah. football, that's what it's aimed for and not for how do I create the best life out of the possibilities and the skills I have. Maybe my comment from too early stems from knowing knowing that these agents don't have a holistic approach. Um, that they solely focus on this one contract. And that is very, it's not dangerous, but it's just not what the player needs at that age, I think. You know, as you said, you've got players moving abroad or even just living away from home for the first time. And I've never experienced that someone said, so if actually, are you okay? You're living from away from home. You're very close to your family. Is there anything we can do? You know? Um, no, never. It's only, you know, when you say um, they should take care of the player, the questions they ask, the only questions they ask if, um, would you want to stay at the club or would you want to move? Like, yeah. Because that's what's interests them. It's not you as a person, I think. And, and I think that is the issue. So we spoke a little bit about the demands you would have of a football agent. And a lot of the time, uh, what is discussed again is money. What, what do you think should they earn or how should they be earning their money? Because at the moment, most of the times they get it through the transfer fees. They get 10%, 12.5%. Maybe they get a recurrent percentage of your salary or whatever. That's the deals they make. How do you think they should be earning money? Um, this is something I've been thinking about. And, and this is something I think a year ago or something when I remember this. When we went for a walk when your daughter was just born. Um, we spoke about this. Um, and that is a good, good question because the issue right now is they get a percentage of the contract they negotiate with club and potentially if they saw any sponsorship media deals, they get a percentage of that. But Don't you think that's fair because they've done the work and they would be earning off of the deal they've made? So my question then is how do I know that this person is doing everything for me to get the best deal uh, my contract or, or off the pitch so f for me I've just experienced where I've been asking and challenging and asking more and I've been told I'm too assertive I'm too pushy well if I don't know you're doing like if I don't know that you're doing something for me like I need to ask because you're not giving me anything so I need to ask and, and check in and I'm, I'm left here with nothing because you're re representing me so I can't just go and do it that's not the nature of how it works. But if you don't tell me what you're actually doing, and I haven't seen anything for years, in a sense of I haven't seen um, any, I guess, media requests coming in or any sponsorship ideas or requests or you you approaching people, then I'm just like, how do I know that you're actually working? Not for me, but how are you 
putting me first. It's difficult because I am biased towards yeah. you and I know the story, but I'll try to take a step back. And what I hear, it, there seems to be a trust issue Yeah. that the trust is not there anymore because nothing has happened in the time that you have been together. Yeah. You don't trust him that there's anything happened. We don't know if it's happened or not, if he has contacted um, um, people to, to get marketing or to get sponsorship deals or to get a, a new club or whatever. We don't know, but obviously there's a trust issue. What I would say is from the other side, from the agent side, something could be learned out of this comment you've just made is, why don't we go and try to get feedback, work closer with a player? Yeah. And the, the difficult here, difficulty here is because they... I think they see the job differently than you do. I think a lot of the times people come into this job and they see themselves as a salesperson for a player instead of a consultant of a player. So all that he's doing and all that he's done is I got you a job at Leicester. You are earning your salary. I am worth the money I'm getting, which is the commission I we agreed with at our deal. I've done my job. Hey, we're still together for six months. You still have a contract for a year. You'll have another co contract in a year's time, whatever, and I'll be earning my money again. So, and this is, I think, the approach they're taking because they are getting the commission off of the transfer and off of the deal they've made. Mm -hmm. I think, for me personally, I think a better solution would be a combined um, agreement where they say, okay, I will charge you by the hour like a doctor would do or like a lawyer would do or a consultant most of the time does, I would charge you by the hour for the work I do and I'll try to get the best deal out for you. The difficulty here is if he doesn't get a deal because the brand Sophie is not big enough or he can't get the deals, he'll be earning money for work he does without an outcome for you other than him speaking to people. And additionally to that, if the commission is what he wants on the transfer, lower the commission and work towards that as well. But that way he has to have the holistic approach because if he doesn't, he'll only get you the deal and he'll earn half of what he does now. It is more work. It is more work. But he can earn way more money as well yeah. if he puts uh, the work in. And not only for me, earn way more money. There's a connection. There's a finally. There's a we are working together. I trust you. That but he's not interested. I don't think he's interested in that. Well, then this I just is... think then I wouldn't work with these people. I found out like I need someone that wants to connect with people. Yeah, that, but that's that's okay, and that's that's totally fine. Yeah. you'll you'll find that person because there is these people out there. Yeah, but a lot of the times. I don't think they are interested in They want to earn money. Why do people go into jobs? It's not because they want to get to know Sophie better or another yeah. player. Um, most of the times, it's want, what, if they want to earn money. If they go into the job and say, I want to make a difference with women's football, then they'll be interested in person and money second. And Sign me up. Having, <laughs> yeah, but then you won't be having the discussion about yeah. how much they want to earn but, yeah. because that's secondary for them. But don't you most think that's a win-win? I don't think so. Don't you think it's a win-win because it's a win for the player that relies on this human connection, I think, and that relies on knowing and trusting that you'll do everything for me to to represent me. Um, and that, also win-win because you're earning more. Yes, it is a win-win situation. But also I could be earning more by getting you a deal every two years 
at a club earning 10% and doing nothing for you for the other two years, yeah. that could be a great deal for me as well, couldn't it? So I can yeah. see both sides. I would be on the holistic side as you do because I find joy in helping people and, and making the change and not just by transferring you to the next club. Also, for him, it must be more interesting to make you change clubs because that's if he gets money through the transfer, that's where he earns the money. But he earns money if he negotiates a new contract if I stay at the club. Exactly, with the salary. Yeah. So there's not even a... Um, this is a really difficult conversation because there's not really a motivation then also to get you to a better club or whatever because he's earning the money if you just stay there. So all he has to do is, oh, you're earning, I don't know, amount X, uh, say 50K. Okay, you'll get 55K next year. I've done a great job. You get a little bit more. I get a little bit more. There we go. Instead of going, okay, we're going to transfer you to a new club or whatever or getting, look, this is what you're worth. You should be earning this. Club doesn't want to pay it. I think we should try to go somewhere else because I think you're really worth it and not I can earn more money. Yeah getting you to Chelsea or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I just think bigger is not always better. Um, sometimes you have to look at the big picture. Sometimes staying at the club where you as an agent, but the player knows what they've got and knows the people they've been interacting with, hopefully, because you should be interacting uh, with either the manager or the director. Um, and you can now build the holistic approach kind of thing. And earn more money through that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think for me, just to jump back real quick, because you said, um, when I said like, I felt like I was represented, but maybe I, there was no approach, there was no asking. For me, asking about um, building partnerships, about corporations, about sponsorship deals, that's not, well, I'm pretty sure, I'm, and I trust that they've done that, but it's not only asking. It's when it's a no, understanding why you know and looking at a different path. We'll get there in the end. You just have to put the work in, but just don't accept a no. And the asking, sending out an email, I can do that. But you as an agent should now go follow up to get the feedback. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. It's just totally, totally different types of approaches. And that is what we speak about with our um, guys here. Sending out an email, you're getting the information out, but there's no human connection. No. Business happens through human connections. So there needs to be a phone call. There needs to be a video call. You need to be meeting these people. And then you can send an email because they know you. But you've had 25 coffees with them before. But you build a human connection. I think that's what's so, so difficult to get across, especially in a time of home office where everyone wants to stay yep. at home and just send out emails. And Oh, but I'm more productive. No, you're not. You're sending out more emails. But it's not getting you to where you want to be. You're also in your comfort zone. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. So very, very difficult um, discussion. Maybe we can go in depth more in, in the following episode. Um, we want to talk to maybe another play agent. Maybe we can get someone in who, who um, can help there. I've got an idea here in Germany. So let's go and talk to them and see if we can get more insights. So thank you very, very much for, for your insights on, on the agent side. Um, I think a very interesting discussion. Um, and I would like to get into more depth if we can with an expert on that side but um thank you for taking the time safe and we'll talk again next week yeah you're welcome ollie and, and obviously thanks for your input i think it's always very good and interesting to have kind of your business input um whereas i probably sometimes i'm too involved and don't see the whole picture um so thanks for that i hope you have a lovely week and um i shall see you next week <laughs>